Welcome to the Smith and Steward podcast. I'm Mrs. Smith, but you can call me Ellie, and my mission is to strengthen fellow homemakers as we faithfully steward our homes and the souls inside them. Here, we'll seek inspiration for everyday moments and answers to your questions about all things homemaking, including interior decorating, gardening, cooking and baking, tidying up, and much more. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Let's get started. Hey there, homemakers. Thanks for being here with me today. You may not know this because I don't think I released a schedule of episodes this year. I'm actually considering doing that in the future, by the way, but we are almost done with this first season of the Smith and Steward podcast. We have today's episode about burnout and then next week's about getting ready for Thanksgiving. And then we'll be on a bit of a break for the holidays set to come back with season two in full swing in the new year. And I just can't believe that we're already at that point. It feels like just yesterday that my friend Elizabeth sent me her podcast episode and excitedly told me, like, I started a podcast and I listened and was like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? I've been thinking of starting one too. And now here we are to think that I have so many of y'all who are listening along and continuing the conversation with me over on Instagram. It's just crazy. And I couldn't be more grateful. So whether you have listened to every single episode or only the ones that you think are relevant to your life right now, whether you are a friend who knows me personally, or whether you're just really excited about what this content is and what we're talking about, I'm really, really thankful to have you here. My goal for the Smith & Steward podcast has always been to build community with fellow homemakers and to just share my love of homemaking with others. And I really couldn't do that without you. I would just be talking into a microphone in my office for no reason at all. So thank you very much for being here. With that said, I have to confess that as much as I love this project and I'm so excited for all that is still to come, and there are lots of great plans for the future seasons already in the works, by the way, so stay tuned. I am really eager for this upcoming holiday break and not just from like recording and editing and all the podcast stuff, but I am also looking forward to like a break from work and having my family here. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Just kind of taking a chance to slow down because life is pretty crazy right now. And I'm wondering if I'm starting to get burnt out, which is what today's episode is all about. Maybe you're experiencing this too. It would not surprise me because our world is very fast-paced and it just seems like everyone is busy all the time, but especially like this time of year when there's all these holidays around the corner and it just feels like there's so many expectations for how we're supposed to celebrate or decorate our houses or host gatherings or bring gifts or take these cute family photos or whatever it is. There's a lot on our plates and that's on top of all of the things going on in our regular lives, which is probably a lot. Maybe you work in addition to being a full-time homemaker. Maybe you're a student and you have finals coming up. Maybe you're a mom or even a grandmother. I actually was just talking to one of my neighbors this weekend, and she is really experiencing that sense of burnout or exhaustion from going to care for her baby granddaughter pretty much every weekday. And of course, she was telling me she's really, really happy to do it and grateful that she can, and she enjoys it so much when she's there. But she described how she felt so tired when she got home each evening, like she just couldn't muster up the energy to even vacuum her house or take her dog on a long walk like she used to. And I totally relate to that. 
not in the sense that I have kids or grandkids or even a dog to take care of, but I do feel really tired at the end of the day. Like I'm eager to get to bedtime and just take a load off and close my eyes and have some quiet. And then I wake up in the morning and the race starts off at a fast pace all over again. If that is something that you have felt recently, I want to say that there is hope. We are not meant to feel that way, drained and weary so constantly. Burnout is not the norm, even if it is really prevalent nowadays. Of course, it is normal and even good to feel a sense of tiredness after a hard day's work, and it is normal to have some seasons be busier than others. Maybe you just had a baby or just started a business, or of course, it's the holidays like we were talking about a second ago, and those things are not bad, but If you have felt a regular sense of stress and exhaustion for what seems like weeks or months on end, and you don't see any chance of it alleviating anytime soon, then that is what I want to address and try to help with today, because that's not how we were meant to live. So I think it's safe to say a lot of us have at least heard of this term burnout and can pretty easily deduce what it means, right? But let's still define what it is we're actually talking about. If you were to ask a psychologist, they would define burnout as physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion, and they would say it emerges as a response to prolonged exposure to unmanaged stress. But when we think about what that looks like in the everyday in layman's terms, here are some of the things that we might see. If you're burnt out, you might be feeling that exhaustion that I mentioned, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, and you're probably more easily exhausted by things that wouldn't normally be such a big deal. Even the little things are tiring or even irritating to you. You might be feeling mentally detached or unmotivated in your work, and you might have a sense of cynicism or negativity toward your work that might even spill over into other parts of your life. And that one is actually my biggest fear when it comes to facing burnout myself, is that I would be like a negative attitude or influence around my loved ones. I really would not want that, but When you have burnout, it affects all areas of your life, not just the work that you're burnt out from. And of course, usually people talk about burnout in the context of career or professional work, but today I want to shift our conversation to focus on how it can affect you as a homemaker. Those who are not homemakers a lot of times don't really understand how much work and mental energy goes into our role, but we know that it is a full-time job and even much more than that a lot of times. As a homemaker, you can easily feel like you are constantly doing work. You're picking up after your kids, preparing meals three times a day, seven days a week, washing and folding and rewashing and refolding laundry. It can seem constant and it can seem all around you all the time. You can't clock out from being a mom. You can't leave your homemaking tasks at the office and come home to rest. It's always here. So of course, it makes sense that you might be experiencing burnout as a homemaker. But the good news is there are ways that we can overcome this and prevent it in the future too. When I was doing research for this episode, the biggest thing that gave me hope for escaping burnout was the fact that everything is not actually on my shoulders. I serve a big God who is more than powerful enough to carry my workload as well as deal with any consequences if that work has to drop to the floor. If you look at the way that we as humans were designed, it's really humbling. God is infinite. He's able to do all of the things all the time without fail, but we are finite. We have limits. 
And I think the easiest example of this is the fact that we need sleep. For like a third of our day, eight out of 24 hours on average, we have to be doing absolutely nothing, conked out in the bed, doing nothing. I mean, we could get so much more done if we would just use that time, right? But think about how well you function when you don't get enough sleep. I don't know about you, but I am totally depleted without it. I can't think clearly. I can't make wise decisions or react quickly. A lot of times it's all that I can do to just focus on the basic functions of feeding myself and getting a few essential tasks done. And the whole time I'm just thinking about how much I need a nap. That reality that we are limited and we can't just do everything all the time should be so humbling. When we remember that we not only can't do it all, but we don't have to, that should free us emotionally. The sense that we have all of these expectations on our shoulders, well, who is placing those expectations there? Are you putting them on yourself? Are people actually counting on you or are you just like determined to do this thing that no one is really going to notice? Or maybe someone is putting expectations on you and those aren't things that you really value that you think really need to be done. Another thing that was really encouraging along these same lines is the fact that your value does not depend on what you do. So think about what you place your identity or your worth in. Is it the fact that you keep a clean home or that you're a very good cook every single day? Maybe it's the career that you work in or perhaps even the appearance of your physical body that you work really hard to maintain through exercise and eating well and hygiene and makeup and fashion and whatever. Those things can be good, but are you putting your value in them? Maybe even the relationships that you keep with other people, which of course you have to invest time and energy into. If your value comes from what other people think about you or what you can give to other people, that's not it either. Whatever it is that you are placing your worth in, I'm telling y'all, it is probably the wrong place. I believe that our identity can only rest when it's in Christ. And I really struggle with this one, y'all. I didn't think that I did. I thought I was pretty good about knowing where my identity was found because I have just been like raised in the church and heard it over and over and over. But when I thought about it in terms of worth instead of identity, I realized I do place a large portion of my worth in my work. I think that the reason my life is valuable is because of what I do with it. And when I think that way, I'm building my foundation on top of something that can so easily crumble when inevitably all of that work becomes too much for me to handle, whether I get sick or more gets piled on and it just all falls. I will begin to feel unworthy or less than because I can't keep up. And the solution when that happens is not to grin and bear it and to pick it up and do it out of your own might because you can't. Remember the example of sleep. We are not shaped to do that. It is not possible to do everything. You're not a superhero and that's okay. So when you're feeling burnt out or even not burnt out, but just way too busy, Remember the good news that your to-do list is not your savior, and that is not where you should be putting your hope. All right, well, that's all well and good, right? But what about some more practical tips? How can we find some measurable relief from the busyness, the stress, and even that potential apathy that you might have begun to feel toward your role as a homemaker because of burnout? I did a lot of research and contemplation, and I've kind of compiled what I learned into 
five different things that I'm personally going to be focusing on in my own life to help with my own burnout. And I'm hoping that some of these will be helpful for you as well. First, reevaluate what's on your plate. Your time is limited, your energy is limited, and they are valuable. It's not wise to just give them out willy-nilly. And it's entirely possible that your burnout, in fact, is happening because there is too much on your plate. So what responsibilities do you have that are essential? What do you have to keep up with? What about what you hold as really valuable that you want to keep doing? And of course, what are some things that you're comfortable letting go of? While you're thinking about this, I want you to consider that there might be some things that you can delegate. Instead of just letting something go and who knows what's going to happen with it, or instead of keeping it as your own responsibility, that's another thing you have to do. Even if it is important to you, you can think about the option that someone else can help you with that item. Perhaps you can hire some help to come clean your house twice a month, or maybe you can ask your husband to, while you're watching TV in the evening, fold laundry with you or some other chores just for a season. Perhaps you can delegate a few easy things to your kids if they're old enough, and maybe you need to ask a friend or a family member for help, whether it's keeping the kids for an afternoon so you can have some rest or so you can get something big accomplished. Remember that you are not shaped to handle it all on your own. It takes a village and it strengthens our bonds with one another too when we can help each other. I personally really, really struggle with asking for help a lot of the time, and maybe you relate to that. My personality type is called the helper, and I love to reach out and do something nice for someone else when they need it. It makes me feel needed and loved and valued. But whenever I need help on my own, I always have this gut reaction that I'm being a burden, but that's so far from the truth most of the time. I have to remind myself that I have the really good feeling. I am very blessed when I'm able to bless someone else that I love by helping them out. And then I can turn that around and realize when I ask someone else for help, I'm giving them a chance to feel that same good feeling by helping me. Second, I think it's really important to understand yourself accurately. And there's several things that I mean by this. And the primary one is that you can't address burnout if you don't realize what's going on. So do a self-evaluation, check in and see where you are mentally, emotionally, and physically. Are you exhausted? Why might you be exhausted? Is what you're experiencing burnout or is it something else like depression? And if so, can you talk to someone about that? What is in your life right now that might specifically be stressing you out? Is it actually the task on your list or is it the fact that you've been procrastinating that task for some specific reason? Once you find what the stressors are, what are ways that you cope with stress? Are those ways actually working? And if not, can you try some other ways? I think it's super important to think about these things because remember, if we look back at that psychologist's definition of burnout, it's something that appears after chronic exposure to unmanaged stress. This isn't something that happens suddenly. It grows on you. It's like when your friends point out that your hair has grown really long and you didn't even realize until you look back at photos of you a few months ago. When you're living in stress every single day, it seems normal. It might be gradually getting worse, but you don't even realize it. 
So be intentional to do that check-in. Yes, of course it is normal for there to be stress in your life and stress can even be a good thing because of how it challenges us and it helps us to grow. But when we let that stress consume us even gradually by not managing it well, we can really begin to experience this sense of burnout. And that is when understanding yourself accurately comes into play even further. Once you've been able to check in with yourself to see where you're at, you can also start to look at the way that you manage stress and the way that isn't working and all of that to know how you can move forward because that is going to be specific to you. But I do have a great resource that might be able to help you with this. It's a free app that I've been using for almost a year now, and I did mention it in a previous episode. It's called Routines by Care Of, and one of the main features is that twice a day, you have to reflect on how you're feeling. It asks like, I think about eight questions, and you answer on a sliding scale about different things like your stress level or your productivity level or how happy you feel. And the reason this app does this is the point of the app is a routine, right? So it helps you consider whether you should add an exercise or take something out of your morning and evening routine that it kind of has a checklist for you to do. That's other main feature of the app. And if you are feeling low energy, it can help encourage you to do something like, oh, hey, here's some other people really benefited from taking a walk outside and that helped boost their energy. Would you like to try that and add it to your morning or evening routine? And you can say yes or no. So it's really helpful for that and routines and all of that. But I have also begun to notice since I've been slacking off and doing the reflections lately that it's a really beneficial process simply to do the reflection. When I take time to think about how I feel and to connect with my emotions and check in with my current state of stress, it acts as a sort of stress relief or stress management in and of itself. And beyond that, because of the way that this app is set up, it has helped me to realize patterns that I otherwise might have never noticed and wouldn't have even known needed addressing. So check that out. I will leave it in the show notes for you to look at. That brings me to the third thing, which is that you should tend to your needs. Now, this, of course, is again going to be different for everyone once we get into the details, but there are some basic things like getting enough sleep, moving your body, drinking enough water, eating nutritious meals that are going to be important for us all. Other things to do like keeping good hygiene and clearing clutter in your physical space for your own mental health, um, getting outside into nature, and of course doing other activities that just bring you joy, all that is really important too. When we're at our busiest, doesn't it always seem like self-care is always the first thing to fall away? I really don't love the phrase self-care, but I am just talking about doing what you need to do to take care of yourself, so it does apply. And when I get busy, it's really common for me personally to say, oh, I'll just grab something from the drive-thru or I don't have time to work out this week or mm, I'll take my bath tomorrow night instead. And I'll put off these things that are actually really important for my mental and physical well-being. Perhaps we let these things slide because we think they're not that important. Or maybe you're like me and you struggle with feelings of selfishness when taking time away from other responsibilities to focus on yourself. And if that's you, I want you to try reframing your mindset. When you use your time to take care of yourself, whatever that looks like for you, you're not robbing others of time and energy that could have been spent on helping them. 
what you're actually doing is preparing yourself to care for them even better in the future. There's a quote that I wanted to share that I think expresses this really beautifully. Eleanor Brown said, when you take time to replenish your spirit, it allows you to serve others from the overflow. You cannot serve from an empty vessel. Now, if your cup is empty, it's not selfish for you to take a break and fill it up. It's actually very necessary. And of course, by taking the time to care for your mind and your body, it's kind of like you're oiling up your machine so that you can do better work when it comes time for it. I like to think of stewardship that we talk about so much on this podcast. It's in the name, you know. When you are not taking care of your own self, how are you supposed to take care of the things that you're responsible for? If you are sleep deprived, you're not going to make wise decisions. You're not going to be as alert. If you're emotionally depleted, you're not going to be as loving. So take the time to fill your cup and that way you'll actually have something to pour out into other people and into your work. The fourth tip, and this one's probably my favorite practical one on this list, establish or get back to a routine. I love this topic so much, and I think it's so important that I actually plan to do an entire episode all about habits and routines sometime in the future. But I think that habits and routines are one of the best tactics to for addressing burnout. So if you are in a season where things aren't so stressful, you can create these routines, and then when the stress comes, you'll be able to fall back on those routines a lot more easily when things get busy. Of course, if you're already experiencing burnout and you haven't established routines already that you can fall back on, you can still, of course, starting small and slow, begin to create some routines and habits that will give you a bit of that stability and kind of put your mind at ease at least a little bit. You may have heard it taught that children really thrive on and need routine in order to feel safe and secure and have space to grow and explore the world. But we also really need routine as adults. So if you have a lot on your plate, then this active sort of automating some of your tasks by incorporating them into a regular routine that you don't really have to think about can prevent those tasks from adding to your stress load. I want to note this is not the same thing as feeling like you're on autopilot and disconnected or unmotivated, like in a numb way. That was one of the symptoms of burnout that we mentioned earlier. Instead, I'm talking about setting yourself up for success by making it easy on you mentally. A quick example of this. So the past few months, I've been trying to implement a new routine of shining my sink every night. Now, two content creators that I really love, the Fly Lady and Callie Brand Support of But First Coffee, both really preach this practice and I've been starting to give it a try. When I first started, I would do maybe half of the days of the week and even less than that probably. And more often I would tackle the dirty dishes from the night before when I woke up in the morning. But the more frequently that I would choose to do it at night, even if I was pretty tired, then the easier that decision became over time. After a while, I would start to do it a little earlier in the evening before I became too exhausted. Now, I'm still not perfect at cleaning my sink every night, but I do it almost every night and certainly every night that I have cooked with a lot of dishes and utensils. And then I wake up to this clean sink and a dishwasher that has finished running its cycle overnight, and I feel like I can start the day on the right foot. More than that, though, 
I didn't have to think so much about the task of getting the dishes done. I don't even write it on my to-do list anymore. It still gets done and it doesn't add stress to me by either looking at all of the unfinished dirty dishes, um, but I also don't have to worry about when I'll have time to do it and look at it on my to-do list and have it add stress there too. I just know that it's part of my routine before bed and I trust that it will get done. I also have flexibility, of course, that it's not the end of the world if I don't do it at night. You can also kind of trick yourself into enjoying tasks like the dishes by incorporating something fun into them. So you could listen to a podcast, wink, wink, or a favorite playlist or something while you go about doing them. And that makes it so you're not thinking so much about the task that you're doing that is a chore. Instead, your attention is mostly on the thing that you're enjoying, but the task is also still getting done. The fifth and final thing that I think is important for you to do if you're feeling burnt out right now is to prioritize rest. Although routine, of course, is really practical for helping you get out of the overwhelm and feel like you're not drowning under your workload anymore, I think rest is perhaps more important when it comes to recovering emotionally from burnout. And you can implement rest in a lot of different ways. Maybe you'll take breaks throughout your workday. After all, you have to remember, most jobs, it is legally mandated that you take regular breaks and they're very specified as to how many hours you can work without a break and how long that break has to be in between. Breaks are important and you need to realize that you need a break from homemaking just as much as you would from any other job. When your season is less stressful, you might be able to take those breaks when your season is less stressful, you might be able to take those breaks on a whim, just kind of when you feel yourself getting tired. But if you're really in the thick of it, it is probably going to be helpful to schedule your breaks. Maybe set a few alarms on your phone to remind you to step away for a minute or just whatever works for you that is a, a good reminder of when you need to take them. I personally like to take my breaks around my mealtimes. So for example, at lunch, I will often take time to make something to eat and then I will sit down and just kind of chill on the couch. I'll put something on the TV, a favorite show, and that allows me to take my mind off things and still keep my hands free to eat. If you have kids, I would imagine mealtime might be more hectic, so you might have to structure your breaks around naps or some other natural pause in your day. Of course, just find what works for your schedule. That might mean trying a few different things from week to week to see what fits best, but there's definitely something that will work for you and you'll need to make it a priority too. Another option is that you can take a weekly break in the form of a Sabbath. Those of you who are Christians know the example of God resting on the seventh day of creation, giving us the example of the Sabbath, which is a gift to us. He didn't need to take a break because, of course, he's infinite and he wasn't tired, but he showed us that it is good. There's a lot of debate in Christian circles today about whether the Sabbath is actually still required of us or not, but either way, I think we can agree that it is a good thing and we can benefit from it and God has blessed us with it. Even if you're not religious, think about the example of weekends in your standard work week. It's pretty similar, right? You work five or six days and then on the weekend you have a break. So it doesn't mean that you have to absolutely do nothing on your Sabbath or that you have to do it on a particular day of the week even. You also don't need to create a bunch of rules for yourself for what you have to do or aren't allowed to do on your Sabbath. Just be intentional about resting. 
when it comes to homemaking. I know that things like disciplining your children and preparing something to eat are things that you can't exactly take a break from for an entire day once a week. However, you can set yourself up to enjoy more rest by planning maybe an easier meal or maybe eating out um, or just throwing something into a crock pot, whatever it is that makes it simple for you. I also really like the idea of getting some homemaking things done the day before my Sabbath. So I like to make sure that the floors are done and the bathrooms are clean on my Friday so that on Saturday when I take my Sabbath, I can rest. And it's not the end of the world. If you can't, I do not do this all the time. I just really much more enjoy and cherish my Sabbath when I have a clean space because it makes my head and my heart feel a little bit more at peace. And I'm not focused on what needs to be done around me. Instead, I'm able to just sit and be and actually rest. Real quick, I want to emphasize again the prioritizing part of this point on rest. To make rest a priority, you have to place it above something else in importance. You may have heard examples of people asking their boss, okay, well, what's the priority? And they say, everything's the priority. (laughs) Well, really, if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. It's all on the same level of importance and it'll all get to it whenever you can get to it. So when you prioritize something and we want to prioritize rest in this instance, you're placing it as more important at this time. So there are going to be other things, of course, on your list that are important and you want to do them. Um, There's going to be other things that arise suddenly as a need, but you get to be the one to decide if those things are given attention before or after your rest time. You get to choose if they're treated like an emergency or not. And that's helpful to remember because sometimes there will be emergencies that arise and are more important than your rest at the moment. But that doesn't mean that everything that suddenly pops up is an emergency. So for example, if your child comes to you and says, mom, I know you're reading, or maybe they don't say that, but you are reading, (laughs) even if they don't acknowledge it, they come to you and say, mom, I broke my leg. Well, that's an emergency and you should take them to see the doctor immediately, right? But if they come to you, same scenario and no broken leg, they just want a snack and it's not snack time, then that might be a really good instance when you can teach them about patience and about humility and that the world does not revolve around them and their desires and they can wait. You can say those things with kindness and with love. Just please give yourself permission to say no to whatever the thing is that might suddenly call for your attention. Because otherwise, you're not really prioritizing rest. You're just adding it to your to-do list and hoping you'll have the time to get to it. And that's just going to perpetuate the cycle of burnout. I hope those five suggestions were helpful to you if you're experiencing burnout right now. It is entirely possible that you're not currently dealing with this or maybe not to an extreme degree, but remember that definition we mentioned earlier. Burnout arises because of chronic stress. It creeps up on you. So if you're going to avoid it in the future, you'll need to keep track of how you're feeling and whether you're managing your stress well. There's going to be stress in your life. There's going to be busy seasons and moments that you feel naturally tired. None of those have to be a bad thing. But if you start to get overwhelmed by all of it and start to reach that place of burnout, there is hope and you don't have to stay there. 
The final thing that I want to mention today is that even if you are not experiencing burnout, it is possible that someone else in your household or your circle of influence is. Perhaps your husband is struggling with burnout because of his career. I actually think that that's happening in our house right now, unfortunately. Maybe a close friend of yours is feeling burnout because of their schooling or their exhausting schedules that their children keep with all of the sports and church events and whatever's going on in their families' lives. In those cases and in many more, you can be a soothing balm to those loved ones. You can be a listening ear for them to share their frustrations and vent as a way to alleviate stress. And as a homemaker, you can welcome them into a space that you've created to feel calming and nourishing to the soul. That leads me to one of my favorite J.R. Miller quotes that I want to leave you with today. He said, a true home is one of the most sacred of places. It is a sanctuary into which men flee from the world's perils and alarms. It is a resting place to which at the close of the day, the weary retire to gather new strength for the battle and toils of tomorrow. Thank you for creating that kind of space for your loved ones, dear homemakers. I hope that your home is something that blesses those around you and that blesses you too if you're experiencing this struggle. Now it is time for Stuart Sparkers, the part of the show where I share recipes, books, influencers, products, whatever it is that has sparked inspiration for me as a homemaker this week. This week, it has been really inspiring me to do kind of like a brain break that keeps my hands busy in the form of adult coloring books. Now, this is something that I actually totally used to tease my mom for doing when I was growing up, Um, but I've been given a lot of different ones over the years, especially ones that have Bible verses in each page, and I have been working on them sometimes in the midst of editing podcast episodes while listening for different things that need to be tweaked or while waiting for internet to work for different stuff. Um, Sometimes I will just take a break and do one late at night and it it gives me a way that I, again, can keep my hands busy, which is something I really need to do a lot of times, and also keep my mind busy, but in a way that is not adding to stress, I suppose I could say. Um, Sometimes I like to do puzzles like Sudoku or Jigsaw Puzzle, but doing something like a coloring book where it's all visual really allows me to let my mind wander. And that is really meditative in a lot of ways. Um, it allows me to listen to an audiobook or a podcast or some of my favorite music and just relish in the moment. And it's a really good way to take a break. So I wanted to mention it this week specifically. Um, maybe you are looking for a type of break that you can take and um, an adult coloring book or any of the other things that I mentioned while talking about that could be a really great way for you to pause. I will link a couple of ones that I have been enjoying in the show notes for you to take a look at. And with that, friends, it's time to close today's episode. Thank you for joining me for this chapter of the Smith & Steward podcast. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which has the largest listener base, or on your favorite podcatcher app. 
If there was a resource we discussed today that you'd like to learn more about, check out the show notes in the details section of this episode. And until next time, keep up with us by following us on Instagram at Smith and Steward. See you soon.